The reading this morning is taken from 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 7 through 11. 1 Peter 4, 7 to 11. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. So I want to introduce our speaker. He's no stranger to any of us. Uh, Wayne was a longtime member of, of our church family and uh, is working up in Dauphin with uh, Parklands Crossing and is just full of the love of God. And I'm looking forward to the lesson that Wayne is going to bring to us this morning. Thank you, Wayne. The future is a million little choices. Practice or play video games. Two hours in the gym or two hours at the movies. A little extra work or a little extra play. Reconcile or let the sun go down on your anger. Get up or push the snooze button again. Take a potential client to the game or take a kid from a broken home. Spend that bonus on yourself or give it to a ministry that reaches out to pregnant teens. If we could get a picture of the future, if we could jump ahead 10, 15, 20 years, and see the accumulation of our decisions, the chain of events we set in motion, how differently would we live today? How would we choose to spend our time? What would we walk away from? How would we treat the people around us? What would we choose to pursue with passion? Where would we choose to invest our skills and our resources? Your future is a million little choices. And it starts today. Good morning, church. It's great to be here this morning. I bring you greetings from Dauphin. I want to tell you, this this isn't easy for me because I, I grew up here. Um, and so I've been very nervous about today, I have to tell you that. Um, but you know what? It, it's God's word, and so 
that's okay. If you don't like it, you complain to him. I, I, I love stories. I, I don't know about you, but I love stories. I love it when, when people tell me a good story. It, it really engages you. It gets people thinking about things. I, I want you to think, if you are a parent or a grandparent, how many times you have read stories to your kids or your, or your grandchildren and how, how excited they are when you read them a story and, and how important those stories become to your children. You know, I remember when my kids were small, I would, when, when it was time for them to go to bed and I was trying to get them ready for bed and, and, and trying to read them a story, I would try to skip pages. Have you ever tried to skip pages to, to a young child when you're reading them a story? They know the story. When you skip a page, they know, uh-uh. Turn back. You need to go back because you miss some of the story. Stories are very, very important in each one of our lives. Our, our lives are stories. And our lives are forever changed by the people that we invite into our stories. You know, we, we all come from different backgrounds. We all have different parents. We have different families. You may have brothers and sisters. You may be the only one in your family. So you don't know what growing up in a, in a family was like. Our, our, our backgrounds, the way our parents raised us, and I am very thankful for my parents because they taught me well. And I love my siblings. And even though they had to beat the truth into me sometimes and, and change me around a little bit, they changed my stories by straightening me out. Our stories are all different. And, and especially in this room, we have come from different backgrounds. We have different nationalities. And that's a wonderful thing to be able to have with each other. My notes, I better get them. You know, it's something that's very important in our lives, is story. You know, there are, are good things that happen in our lives and, and people that come into your life, for instance. When I invited Janet into my story and Janet invited me into her story, that changed me more than it changed her. I think, oh. She brought good things into my life, things that I needed to learn. Things that even though I have a family, that they couldn't teach me the same way my wife could teach me. Janet was a very, very good person to invite into my story. Our children, when you have children and, and children invite other children into the, your, your story, they change your story. Because now you have to know how to raise them, how to, to look after them how to take care of them. And you know what? Sometimes we invite other, other parents into our stories because we want to know how they did it. Sometimes we invite people that are their, our same age into our story, and sometimes we invite uh, parents who have been parents longer and have experienced some of the things that we're going through. We invite those people into our stories to help us in our stories, to make our stories better, to help us get through the tough times with our children. Those are very important stories that we bring into our lives. Every one of them is very important in our life because they enrich our life. They change our life. However, there is some people that you invite into your story that change your life, maybe not for the good. 
You invite people into your life that cause troubles or disasters. And so it changes our story, and we have to live through some problems. An example, and I, and I don't mean that doctors are bad or anything like that, but for instance, you go for a physical or you go see your doctor, and if he gives you bad news or if, if you are diagnosed with cancer or if you have to go to the hospital because you've had a stroke or maybe heart problems or things, those doctors, including them into our story, change the story for us and our whole families because of what they have told us. And as we see them more and more, they try to help us in those stories. Story is very, very important in our life. And having the right people in your life as part of those stories makes all the difference for your story. There is no bigger influence and change that you will make in your story, then when you invite Jesus into your story. There is no bigger change in your life than when you invite Jesus into your story. Jesus makes your story better. And not only does he make your story better, He also makes you better in your story. I'm going to say that again. When you invite Jesus into your story, he will make your story better. And not only will he make your story better, he will make you better in your story. Because Jesus changes our story. He changes our story to love and mercy and forgiveness and grace. He changes that story. As we talk this morning, I want you to think about things that have been happening since the beginning of time. In our stories, in man's story, in history's stories. In the beginning, God created this world for us to live in. He created a perfect world for Adam to live in. It wasn't perfect. He needed a mate. And so God gives him Eve. But they walked with God in the garden. It was perfect until sin enters our story. And sin enters all our stories. And something that hasn't changed since the beginning of time was man's response to sin. To remember when, when Eve ate of the, the tree of the, the knowledge of good and evil, what Adam said? God, it was this woman he gave me. The first thing they did was he blamed God. And man has been doing that ever since. That part of the story has never, ever changed. When something happens, lots of times, even though it's our own fault, we blame God. That's what we do. It's what we've learned from the beginning. That's what man does. But Jesus changes that. He changes that, and the story is different. Jesus makes things right. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by his grace 
through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Our stories change when we invite Jesus into them. I'm going to read a few passages with you this morning, and I want to tell you a couple stories this morning. The first passage I'm going to read to you is from Philippians, the second chapter. And I'm not going to tell you the scripture. I'm not going to share with you. It's not anything that you don't know already. I'm not going to share something that you don't know. I'm going to share something that I hope will encourage you to try something different or to do something different. Philippians, the second chapter, the first four verses. Therefore, if any of you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and one in mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others better than yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of others. A little while ago, and some of you have heard this story, but it's a story you need to hear if you haven't heard it. Um, I was working in the food bank one day. We have uh, the community food bank runs out of Parkland Crossing in our little town. And uh, um, we got a phone call from Safeway. Safeway had got a double order of bread in, and they, didn't, they couldn't sell it. They, they phoned the food bank and said, come and take all this bread. Well, at the food bank that morning, I had just refilled all their freezers with bread from another food bank that had too much bread, and they gave it to us. And so, so we had all this bread from Safeway. And, and the lady who was working in the food bank, she said, I don't know what to do with all this bread. Wayne, do you, can you do something with it? She took some home for her freezer. And at Parkland Crossing, we have, have a bunch of guys that live in, in like rooming house rooms. And so I went to Safeway and, and I thought, well, I'll take a lot of the bread and I'll give it to the guys in the dorm rooms and, and in the rooming house rooms and they can have bread. And I gave it to the guys that were there and, and, and uh, I put some in the, in the fridges so that they would have bread for a little while. But... When I got to Safeway, I was shocked at how much bread Safeway was going to throw away if the food bank didn't use it. I was shocked. Um, so I got back, and, and we filled all the freezers as, as much as we could, and there was all this bread at Safeway. And I, I really, honestly, to tell you the truth, I had no idea what to do with all this bread. So I called one of the pastor friends that I know, and I said, Howard, I have bread. Do you know anybody who needs bread? And he said, don't worry, I'll call Alice. So I'm going to tell you about Alice. Alice lives in one of the trailer parks in, in Dauphin. Alice, Alice is not um, wealthy by any stretch of the imagination, but she has a heart for God. She got one of her friends who has a van, and this was late in the evening now on the, on the one day, and, and Safeway wanted all the bread gone by noon the next day. And so Alice got a friend of hers who had a van, and, and, and she took that van, she got her friend to come to Safeway with her, and they loaded up her van with bread, and she took it home in the trailer park. And she called some of her neighbors, and she said, I have bread. If you know anybody who needs bread, God has blessed us with all this bread. You can come and get it for free. 
Alice didn't go around knocking on her neighbor's doors. She phoned her neighbors, a couple of her neighbors, and said, call people. She got her neighbors involved in looking after how they could get rid of all this bread. So, so that morning, Alice sat in her front by her, at her trailer, and, and people kept knocking on her door all morning to get free bread. And, and Alice's friend, who was driving the van, couldn't, she's, I don't know if you know any people like this. I, I, I don't know if I know many people like this, but this, her friend who was driving the van was kind of one of those people that grumble about everything. Yeah, why are we getting the bread? I mean, it's, it's no good anyway. Why are we, I mean, that's, we can't use it. Like, what are people going to do with a loaf of bread? They have nothing to go with it. What is the, like, but she did. She went, she went and she took the bread and, and so she helped Alice give it away all that morning. And people came to her house all day long and they filled up that, or she got rid of that van of all the bread. Before she picked up that bread in the morning from Safeway, she said, don't throw the rest of it away, I'll be back. So about 11.30 in the morning, she went back. She'd given away all the van load of bread and she went back and got the rest of it. And she went to some of the streets and often and she knocked on the doors of some of the houses and she said, I have bread in the van. If you know any of your neighbors that need bread, invite them out. God has blessed us with this abundance of bread, and we want to share it with you. She didn't go knocking on the doors. She had her neighbors, their neighbors, knock on doors and phone people. And she sat on the side of the road, and she just let the people come. And get bread. And she would, she would bless them and, and she gave them bread. And this one guy came out from one of the houses and, and he came up to get some bread and, and he said, can I have more than one loaf? And Alice said to him, God loves you. You can have as much as you want. And he took three loaves and he said, I am so thankful. I am looking after my grandchildren right now. And I was wondering what I was going to feed them. Sorry. I get emotional sometimes when I speak. He said, I didn't know what I was going to feed them. So thank you. And he started to walk away. And he came back and he said, you know what? My neighbors really need bread. And and Alice said, that's great. God loves them too. Bring them over and we can get the bread. And he says, well, I just want you to know they're very mean. And I said, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they're mean. They need bread. We need to give them some bread. And the man wouldn't go over to knock on his neighbor's door. He sent one of his grandkids because he didn't, because they're mean. But you know, the biggest change that happened that day was in the lady that was driving the van. She couldn't get over how important a loaf of bread could be to someone. The value of a loaf of bread. She, she was a lady that was grumbling and complaining about what was happening that day to a lady that was, here, let me help you. Let me get the bread for you. Let me share it with you. God loves you. You see, sometimes in our stories, when we get involved with other people, it changes our stories. It makes them better. It makes them better. I want to share with you from Colossians 
the third chapter. Therefore, sorry, in verse 12, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, close yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if you have a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. I can't be in Winnipeg and and not tell you about someone who has a big influence on my life. And, And many of you don't even know who this person is. Because he's no longer here. I need to tell you about Jeremy. And many of you will remember Jeremy. Jeremy grew up in a loving Christian home. Tyke and Cindy Weed. Jeremy was a little bit different in terms of he, he had a had a, a smile that was infectious and, and, and one of my favorite pictures of, of Jeremy that I remember was when um, Ike was holding him and he would turn and he would smile at you and he had one of those infectious smiles because when he smiled he had one of his front teeth was knocked out and the other tooth was there and, and when he smiled you could see that gap in his tooth and it was just he just he just made you smile Jeremy was one of those young guys that made you smile Jeremy was a, a little bit different in terms of who he was, I, I was talking to Cindy about this a little while ago, and, and she was telling me a story about Jeremy that I hadn't even known. And, and she said one day I, she was working in the kitchen, and Jeremy was sitting in the in the kitchen and 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 writing or coloring or doing something. I, he was busy doing something, and and he just he just said to his mom, "Mom, I know where I came from." And so that kind of piqued Cindy's interest a little bit. Like when your when your young child tells you, Mom, I know where I come from, you want to stop and hear what they're what they think. Anyway, Jeremy said to Cindy, God brought me here and showed me that I was going to be with you for a little while. Now when they say that to you, it makes you think a little bit more. Jeremy, as they say, was was a, a lot of fun. I, I think sometimes, though, when Jeremy and I, I don't know, you'd have to ask Sydney and I this, I don't know, but but when Jeremy was younger, I always thought that he, he because of the problems with, that he had with the valves in his heart, that sometimes he got tired a little bit faster, and so lots of times they would, would carry him around, or it seemed like he would wear out or, or get a little bit more tired, and I don't know if that was part of his, his heart problem or the valve problem in his heart, I don't know. But Jeremy, I remember one time, very specifically, one time Roy Morrissey was working on his his house. 
And something has ha- had happened, and, and they had to call the ambulance to come and get Roy. And like we do with family, family got together, and they went to the hospital, and they, they went to see how Roy was doing. And, and when, when Cindy Knight showed up and Jeremy showed up, Jeremy ran right over to Eleanor, and, and she was filling out the papers back then. You had to fill out papers when you were admitted to the hospital. And Jeremy ran up to Eleanor and said, Grandma, it's okay. Don't worry. I talked to Jesus. Everything will be okay. I talked to Jesus. Everything will be okay. When was the last time you talked to Jesus? And knew that everything was going to be okay. Jeremy had such faith. Such confidence in his Savior. You know, Jeremy sometimes for fun, this is what he, this is what sometimes Jeremy would do for fun. He would, he would grab the stepladder that was in the garage and he would run it out to the backyard and he would set it up and he would get to the top of it and he would just talk to Jesus. He would just talk to Jesus. He always thought he got a better, you know, it was a better communication than then. You know, if you have a cell phone or anything, sometimes the communication isn't good. If you aren't close to a, a tower or whatever. Jeremy figured he was closer to God when he talked to Jesus from on top of that ladder. And he'd climb down from the ladder and he'd put the ladder away. And, 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 and Cindy and I would ask him, well, where, what were you doing? He says, I was just out. Don't worry, I was out talking to Jesus. It's okay. Such conviction in our Savior. You know, I often think of, of Jeremy. Sometimes if you're having a bad day, you can just think about Jeremy. Because Jeremy knew his Savior. You know, Jeremy was five years old when he passed away. And some of you may remember this story, but when, when, when Jeremy actually, they had to call an ambulance to come and take Jeremy in because of his, his heart. And I'm sure I don't know how this hard this would have been on, on Cindy in the, in the ambulance with her, with him at that time. But you can imagine the family as the family is called that Jeremy is being rushed to the, to the hospital and the family gets all involved and there's, uh, prayers go out through the whole church because someone starts the prayer, uh, chain, the, the phone chain and, and prayers start happening and Cindy's going to the hospital with Jeremy and she's worried for her son. She's worried about what's going to happen. What his future holds? How is that going to play out? And she had Jeremy's hand in her hand. And Jeremy looked up at her and said, it's okay. I just want to see Jesus. I just want to see Jesus. I think of Jeremy often because he had, he had things right. He knew where he came from. God knit you together in your mother's womb. Jeremy knew where he came from. He knew who he lived for. And he knew where home was. 
and Jeremy was five. Can we learn from stories? Your stories are so important because people need to know what Jesus has done for you. Because he has affected and he has changed your life. In John, the 11th chapter, when Lazarus is sick and Jesus hears, hears out about it, he says this. Jesus said, this sickness will not lead to death. It is for God's glory that God's Son may be glorified through it. This sickness will not lead to death, but it is for God's glory that God's Son may be glorified through it. You know, Jesus says the same thing to you and me. Your sickness, sin, sin that has entered the world and destroyed our relationship with God, will not kill you because of our relationship and our love for Jesus. Jesus has changed our story, our sickness of sin. be overcome because of Jesus. So if that is the case, if our sickness will not lead to death, and God will be glorified through your life, that Jesus is glorified, so God is glorified through your life, through Jesus. And that's what Jake read to us this morning in 1 Peter. Or, yes, in 1 Peter. Chapter 4. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind, so that you may pray. Above all else, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without rumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift Whatever story, whatever thing that you have that you can share with others to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides so that in all things, you hear this, so that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ, our Savior. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Maybe your story isn't where you want it to be. Maybe your story has kind of wandered away from Jesus a little bit. Maybe you need to come and, and, and get your, your back on the right track in your life and your story with Jesus. Maybe today you are one who wants to start your story with Jesus. There's no better time than now. Won't you come as we stand and sing?